to the Mavs fans for like podcast. I am your host, Landon Thomas, as always, and I am joined by Shanavaz Makani. And Shanavaz, this is the Jason Kidd episode. <laughs> it feels like we've always throw a little bit seasoning here and there of Jason Kidd, but now this is solely about him and how he's been coaching this season, but specifically the past handful of games in. I want to break this down with his post-game comments because that's been the, the traction lately. I mean, we can get into more. But let's start with what he said um, this past game. So they just dropped below 500 for the first time since uh, middle of December. So Jason Kidd was asked about the concern for this team. They've been losing a lot lately and had some health con- um, issues, but a lot of coaching mistakes in uh, he responded with, once the season is over, um, he said, it's just the regular season. Then he said, just understand our health. This is what we have. These are the cards where we are dealt. Just like anybody in the league, we got to play with the cards that we had. We played a good half of basketball with a young backcourt that's learning how to play the NBA game. Josh Green's been playing for a while. I don't know why he said that, but Jaden Hardy, I get it. Uh, put that in perspective against a very good defensive team. Understand we're getting better. It's just a matter of can we be healthy in time to make a stretch run? If not, that's just the season. No one's dying. Whoa. So, Sean Vaz, I mean, you can break down the, the, the post-game comment first of all. Uh, and then, then I really want to ask you, what are some areas where kid has to improve? Because it seems like he still isn't taking accountability of these games, especially the blown leads. But what's your thoughts on the comment that he had? And then what are some areas that he can, he can get better? The comments just, I mean, I can't remember a time where a coach has said something like that, that nobody's dying. And this isn't the first time that, Jason Kidd yeah. has said stuff like this, right? I mean, you alluded to it earlier, you know, with his, I'm, you know, I'm watching just like you guys are, you know, acting like he's a fan and, you know, these subtle jabs at, at Mavs Twitter, they said, you know, we try to, you know, we read the analytics and we, you know, we try to base our lineups off of what you guys say. And these, it's so, it, it's just childish and it's immature. And it's like, you're, a, you know, you're a Hall of Fame point guard and, you know, you've been in locker rooms for, most of your life, you know, you've been around coaches. You were an assistant coach under on a national, on a, on a championship team. Like you should know better. Like you should know how to conduct yourself in press conferences. You should take accountability. We see guys like Mike Brown coming out after the, the Kings and, and, uh, and Greg, where he, he, they were just going at each other. And Mike Brown came out and took accountability and, and, you know, was there for his players. And it seems like kid is putting the blame on everyone else. Right. It's, it's, oh, it's the injuries. It's the health. It's, well, we're young. Well, you know, I'm playing my best big and Dwight Powell. I mean, first off, yes, you have a young backcourt that doesn't have experience, but that's your fault that Jaden Hardy is not playing more throughout the season. We've been asking for Jaden Hardy to play more. It took a lot for him to play Josh Green, it felt like. And we've seen the, the improvement that Josh Green has made, but. You know, this is why you you have a balanced rotation throughout the year. This is why in the beginning parts of the year you play your young guys to see, okay, God forbid if an injury does happen, who's going to step up, right? You've got to be able to see who's going to fill that void of 
hey, my two best players are out. I need somebody to step in. All right, Jaden, you're up. Take it home. And look, Jaden Hardy probably had a lot asked of him, right? And I think it showed in, in the in the second Memphis game. Um, but he played well, right? I mean, for all for all intents and purposes, I mean, for being a rookie, kind of thrust into that role. I mean, he's played well when he's been on the floor. So it's just it goes back to what we've talked about time and time again that some of the decisions he's made are completely mind blowing and. You know, you you brought up, you know, the lack of accountability. That's something that we've talked about, you know, that were part of his success last year, right? His, his ability to adapt and his ability to um, to kind of coach on the fly, if you will, um, and take accountability for some of his actions and changing the lineups and putting Brunson in the lineup over Hardaway um, and keeping that when Hardaway, you know, uh, you know, was kind of going in and out of his, his slump and then unfortunately got injured last year. But we've we've seen him make those adjustments, and this year it's just been a complete disaster. Of he's stuck with this whole mindset of you know I've got to play these six or seven guys and no one else, and and now you're seeing the effects of that where guys like Jaden Hardy don't have enough reps, and guys like Josh Green are getting exhausted playing 40 minutes a night because you know you don't have first of all the roster doesn't have the depth, but prior you know earlier in the year these guys were not getting their legs under them they weren't getting enough minutes you're you're running out luca 40 minutes a night you were running out spencer and dorian 40 minutes a night and you know that takes a toll as you as you kind of take on the season and as you get to this point where we're in march you know your your legs are tired right i mean you're at the point where now you need your you need to play your best basketball right now and unfortunately for the mavericks with your two best players out and your arguably third best player now in in josh green is is just completely exhausted from the workload that he's had to take on. Yeah, and that's what's surprising to me as when you, when you listen to these um, post game pressers and and you, you you're ready for a response from the coach or the players. It's weird because Josh Green is a response that I was thinking of when Jason Kidd was going to you know respond to the question because. Josh Green said he had the same similar question and he said, we got to win. There's it's no other option. Now we all need to have the mindset that we're trying to win every single game from here on out. So at the end of the day, whatever's on all of our minds, it's no more that we need to win for the rest of the season and continue to win. He said, win like 10 times now. And that and that's what Jason Kidd has to say because when you know he knows we're going to post these things, he knows whatever he says we're gonna we're gonna push it to all you know all the limits that we can. And when you have no sense of urgency in these responses, it shows just a little um, lackadaisical um, approach to wins or losses, and it kind of shows when you're watching these games. And he even said it; he's watching them just like us, but. It's it's very um, it's 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 weird to see how different this is than last season because last season everything was new. We're, we're used to Rick Carlisle, and he comes in and changes the whole culture of the organization, and everything is great. Well, players lock in because they were so used to Rick Carlisle, and he was at, but he was actually teaching. I saw a lot of um, teaching moments with Brunson, with with Luca, and you know, not only teaching. I saw a lot of um, listening 
from um, Luca and Brunson and, and some of these other players, Dorian, he would bring them to the side and teach them a, a, a moment here or there. And you would see it uh, pr- progress on the court. And that's something that you don't see this season. You see a lot of Jason Kidd sitting on the bench, um, just talking to his assistants. You see a lot of standing and, um, you know, the hands in the pockets. He'll he'll talk to the refs here and there, but you don't lot. Just look at the difference, even in the playoffs. Look at the difference of the playoffs when he's screaming at the players. He's screaming um, defensive schemes. He's screaming um, every single play is intense. And it's total um, opposite when you look at this season. And I'm pretty shocked, too, because this is this season is the one that you need to see um, similar to last season because, yeah, the success that they had in the playoffs, but also new players, I mean, Christian Wood, JaVale McGee, uh, Justin Holiday, and and you had you had a stretch where McKinley Wright and AJ Lawson, um, some of these guys are playing. You would see um, Theo Pinson was playing a lot more than he should have, um, or a lot more than last season. You would think he would be coaching more to win some of these winnable games because they've been in a lot of winnable games, and that's the problem. Last season, they had the defense to withstand the opposing team runs this season. They don't have that defense. So you would think there would be another level of coaching there where he can withstand some of these runs by his coaching. And you don't see that. Yeah. It's it, it may, it doesn't make sense that the drop off that this team has had, right? I mean, yes, you lose a guy like Dorian Finney-Smith, but let's not, you know, you know, as we sit here and we say, okay, Dorian's a great defender and could, you know, potentially someday, you know, be an all NBA level defender, maybe not first team, but let's not pretend he's Kawhi Leonard out there. Like that's not, you know, he, he wasn't the, the, you know, the, the defensive stopper that everyone, you know, makes him out to be that, Oh man, you know, we lost Dorian Finney-Smith. That's why this defense is bad. This defense was bad with Dorian Finney-Smith on the team too. Right. Yeah. So it, it's not, you know, that, that goes back to coaching at the end of the day, right. When you, you have the same core group of players um, and and really the only one that you lost is Brunson and Brunson's not a, not a great defender may not even be a good defender. Um, so it's, you're, you're effectively replacing him with a guy who's bigger than Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, in the starting lineup who, you know, should be able to take those blows a little bit more. And yet your defense is, has completely fallen off the map since day one. And it's, it's completely mind blowing. And you, you brought up something interesting, Lyndon. I, I, you know, I, I know we've talked about this before, but, it's every game we watch kids sitting and Sean Sweeney's the one who's up walking around, like talking to the players and talking to, um, you know, yelling out schemes, like you said, and, and you watch the opposing coaches and it's always the head coach who's up, right. Who's talking and, and telling his yeah. players stuff. And I'm, I'm always curious as to why, like, it doesn't make any sense to me as to why your defensive assistant coach is the one who's up as a head coach. You should be the one who's up you know, yelling at your team, you know, getting them in the right sets. For all that we talked about Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle was great at that. We always saw Rick Rick staying up, you know, standing up, you know, yelling out to his team, telling them what to do, telling them, you know, what defense to run, what sets to run. Kid just, like you said, he sits there on the bench. Um, it just kind of looked like looks like he's lost in La La Land. And when he's up, he's got his hands in his pocket. He's, he just kind of looks over it, to be honest. I mean, the more and more I watch it, it looks like he's just given up and, his quote, I don't know if it I don't know if it says that indirectly when he says, you know, that, you know, it's when the season ends. The season's almost like the Mavs are very close to having their season end. I, I, I don't know if he understands that, right? Like the Mavs are, are a few are, are another losing streak away from being from being done for the season. 
Yeah, it, it's it's it's, and that's why I say Josh Green's comments should have been from Kid. I mean, yeah, he he's taking an old school approach. He's taking you know Phil Jackson, some of these guys, um, just let the players handle adversity and see how how they do. But at a when you fall below five hundred, now now it's time. All right. And Phil had the cachet to do that. I mean, Phil had, you know, Phil had the reputation of, you know, when he yeah. was in New York and, and even in with Chicago, I mean, you had guys like Jordan who was never going to let, you know, he had alpha dogs like Jordan who were never going to let his teammates do it, you know, do anything wrong. So Phil really didn't have to do anything. And even in LA, you had arguably a, another Supreme worker in Kobe who was never going to let his teammates do anything wrong. So the Mavs don't have that dog on their team, right? That's going to kind of rally people right and, and get everyone up yeah. you know luca's not that kind of leader um so then that responsibility ultimately falls on the head coach yeah it, it, it does but that's that's what i'm saying like he he he's take he's he's old school he's not a new school coach um and he he's about pl- um, player empowerment and, and and that's 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 the approach he is that's what he, he that's what he does that's what he came from but but like you said they don't have the vocal leader don't have um, they don't have those type of uh, you know those rugged players that will uh, make sure that they're always in check because once again these are inexperienced players and they did just bring um, you know Kyrie Irving someone that can um, ultimately change the locker room and I'm not talking about um, for <laughs> for the uh, wrong reasons but. <laughs> Um, you you do see a different edge w- with Kyrie there, but it, it's it's all about how they play on the court, and that's what it boils down to. And that's why I want to ask you um, if health is a big factor into how this plays for the rest of the season. Because no matter who's on the court, let's be honest: if if Kyrie or Luca aren't on the court playing games, it's it, you should expect them not to win these games, but it's how Jason Kidd approaches those games. If they are winnable, it's how he makes, you know, those in-game adjustments. And that's what we're not seeing. So I want to ask you, how big of a factor is health for, um, for this team coming down with 13 games left? Health's a factor for every team. Injuries happen across the league. Like the, this, this is, you know, Especially, you know, you look at teams that are, you know, in contention. Milwaukee's had Chris Middleton out for what almost half the year, right? I mean, the Bucks are twenty nine and fourteen without Middleton this year, right? I mean, that goes back to, you know, having the right pieces in play. Budenholzer doing a great job. Even the Lakers, for as much flack as we give the Lakers without LeBron, um, you know, when when he went down, I mean, the Lakers are playing great. You know, they're playing great basketball. Um, you know, and and. Kid, there's two parts of this, right? There's the injuries which happen to every team. Phoenix is without Kevin Durant. Milwaukee's without Chris Middleton. Um, you know, John Morant. You know, now, you know, last year was injured, and the Grizzlies went 20 and five. You know, you're always going to have players out throughout the course of the year with injuries. You know, that happens. Mm-hmm. But as a as a coaching staff and as a head coach, you have to be prepared for that. And it seems like more and more as the season goes on, it seems like Jason Kidd had his core guys that he wanted to play, you know, at the beginning of the season started with the promise to McGee that he was going to start. You know, we've talked at length about, you know, the distaste he has for Christian Wood and and how he, you know, only plays Christian Wood now 
13 to 15 minutes a game, which is completely ridiculous. Um, you know, and, and he's got this set of guys, that, these seven guys that he wants to play. And if two of them are out, he just kind of throws his hands up and says, whatever, I'll let Jaden and, and, uh, and Josh Green go at it. And there was a point in time where he wasn't even getting, giving Jaden Hardy minutes and he was playing Frank Nilakino over him. And it's yeah. it, it's completely ridiculous that it, had you given Jaden Hardy more minutes at the beginning of the year, who knows what he might have turned into now, right? Maybe he's a guy that, sure, he's never going to be a great defender, but we see the potential. We see the the offensive skill set that he's got, and especially learning under Luca and now Kyrie, that would have given him more confidence coming down the stretch. It would have given Josh Green more confidence in coming down the stretch. So yes, health plays a part in it, but as a coaching staff. You have to be prepared for that because it's going to happen no matter what. In the NBA, there's always injuries. And you you have to be well-equipped and you have to understand your roster construction. That's not on you, right? That's a whole separate conversation of, you know, these are the players that I have. But as a coach, you mold them to fit your system. You, you've, you fit the pieces together, much like Jason Kidd did last year. It's not like Jason Kidd had known this roster forever. He was a brand-new head coach for the Mavericks. Comes in and what does he do? molds this team into a top 10 defense, takes them to the Western Conference Finals. That should have carried over from last year, and it hasn't. To be honest, and that's why I'm a big fan of the Kyrie Irving trade, because it's the team is not heliocentric on Luka Doncic. And, and that's, that's why this team needs more, um, you know, bucket getters or just play, you know, guys who can go get buckets like Hardy because he can score. He's a natural scorer. He's very young. He's he's inexperienced, but he knows how to score. And that's that's the problem because when you don't have games like this, when Luca's out, you can you can you can hold the ship with Kyrie. But when they're both out, you 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 have players who are dependent upon, you know, Luca and Kyrie setting them up. And that's where I would like to see Hardaway and, and Bullock, you know, um, when you have those top two guys out, and especially um, the third guy with Christian Wood out, uh, even though he's not playing as much as he should, they, he was still out. Tim Hardaway had five points. You know, Reggie Bullock had five points. And, you know, Dwight Powell had two points. And, like, these are your starters. And even even Maxi Kleber, I mean, he had one point. Berton's two points. These guys need to step up when when your top three scorers are out, and that's you're not. And these are veterans. You know, the two youngest guys should not be scoring the most, even though they have the ability to. But you would expect Hardaway to have like a, a twenty, um, you know, twenty six, twenty seven point game. Obviously, he had like a twenty three point game the, the the game before. But every single game you have those three guys out or two guys out, you gotta step up in that place and try to win in some some of these games because they went into halftime up by yep. one point and it just fell apart. But, you know, it does play into coaching, like you said, because um, there was a stretch where they shot three of 16 in the third and the beginning of the fourth, and then they were down by 21. But that's when, you know, Jason Kidd and Tim Hardaway Jr. needs to get everyone together and say, hey, let's attack the basket. Hey, let's do Reggie Bullock. Hey, Let's let's get two stops in a row and then let's attack the basket and try to get back into this. But they just kept jacking shots. That's the problem with Jason Kidd. His in-game adjustments are horrible this season. And it's really bad to see because these players believe in him. The front office is like family to him, but 
Jason Kidd needs to be better. And I know it's too late to say this because it's 13 games left, but we've been we've been talking about it all season. But it's come to a point where the season is on the line. Like literally, like we saw the trend down the past couple of weeks, but now you're below 500 and you're matching losses with like four other teams at the bottom of the West. So now that, you know, each loss you have is the percentage of you making the play in, I'm not even talking playoffs. The, um, the play in tournament is, is, is bad. And we already know they're bad on the road. So you want a home game, at least in the play in, or you want to, you know, have a last push if Kyrie and Luca does end up playing. I know Luca's out tonight, but if they're if they come back for the next game, you can make a stretch run like he is talking about. So you got to have some ur- urgency. But um, obviously, we don't hear what he says in the locker room. We just hear what he says in the post game. Uh, but I would like to see him have the same words as Josh Green say, hey, we got to win now. Even if these two players, these three players aren't here, I still believe in this team to win these games. And I don't want to hear him say, well, that's just the season. We'll get it next year. Or, you know, that's that's not the mentality to have, especially when you have young players on this team. You know, Josh Green, like he's he's become a focal point of this offense with and your superstar top three player in the league is still young, um, you know, and uh, Jaden Hardy, he's still learning. But these are young guys. So you would you want them to follow your lead and the lead of saying, well, then that's just the season. If we're not healthy, if we don't have Kyrie and Luca, that's not what you want as a head coach. You want a head coach to say, hey, I'm still going to win with Josh Green and Jaden Hardy. I'm going to make sure they're prepared to win. Exactly. And, and, you know, the, the, the other good point, you know, about the Kyrie Irving trade, I think is you get that guy who's been in situations like this, right? He's won a title. He's played with guys like LeBron. He's played with Kevin Durant. Um, You know, even if it's kid not speaking up, maybe it's Kyrie that, you know, when he comes back from injury says, Hey guys, we just went one of five from three. Let's, let's try to tone it down and let's drop the ball inside. Right. Let, Let me, let me drive in, you know, Hey, you cut. And if I, if I get doubled or if I, you know, if the, if the, defender rolls over to me I'll just dish it off to you for an easy layup or an easy dunk I mean maybe it's Kyrie that you know exudes that 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 leadership because it's not coming from from Jason Kidd right now unfortunately and you're absolutely right you know the Mavericks have have been in a lot of these games that they've lost and it always seems to be that there's a cold stretch in the third or fourth quarter especially at the start of the quarter right where generally your adjustments kind of take place but it's it's like Kidd just says hey we made seven threes in the first half let's just keep shooting threes and it's all right, cool. We will. But then when you miss your first four, maybe it's time to, to start looking at doing other things. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. And it's, it's like when you, you, you know, it's coming to like, like you said, when they, when they miss like a few in a row and they keep shooting, you're just like, okay, well the other team is about to make a run because they're just, the Mavericks are going to just keep shooting themselves out of the game. And yeah. it, it's, 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 it's mind boggling because if there's been so many games where the Mavs lost big leads and I'm not just talking leads like five points or, you know, a few points that they were over the Grizzlies without Kyrie and Luca, but just like these 10 plus point leads that they lost. Some of them were 20 um, plus. Um, It's just, 
it's it's mind-boggling to see um, the timeout management, the in-game adjustments, and just the the um, the, the vocalism of of Jason Kidd is totally different than last year. And the effort on the defensive end when the Mavericks, there's That's a huge just, yeah. difference when you see them make shots and they're playing hard on defense. They're defending, they're going up for rebounds. They're diving for loose balls Yeah. versus yeah. when they, when they get into this funk and they miss a few shots in a row. And it's like that translates so poorly on the defensive end where you can see that they're struggling. You can see that, it's like a, especially with guys like Josh Green, it's like a fear, like, oh my God, if I don't hit a basket, I'm going to get taken out of the game. Like, I'm going to lose playing time. You know, and it's, it, it, it I don't know what it is, but that it translates so poorly on the defensive end. And then, you know, it, it, like the first Grizzlies game, I mean, the Mavericks are in there and then just bonehead turnover after bonehead turnover, and it, it costs them the game. And we've seen that against the Pacers as well earlier this year, where Mavericks had it in the bag and just kept turning the ball over in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. And, all those missed shots, it, it stays on your, uh, you know, that, that stays in your head. And and to your point, there's got to be an adjustment that has to be made to say, hey, we've got to we've got to change our strategy now because this is not working. Yeah, d- definitely, and that's and that's why I'm interested to see if uh, Kyrie comes back tonight or next game, um, because if he does, then you can start to get some momentum. But that that's where that's where I go back to my point that. You need as many guys who can make baskets and get to the lane um, as much as you have shooters. Because when you have shooters and your top two playmakers are out, it's going to be hard to get people involved. That's why Hardy is Mm -hmm. one of the main ones. And Josh Green, yeah, he can get better with his um, ball handling, but he he still goes to the basket as much as he can. But... Hardy's like the only one that really gets to the basket when he when he wants, and the other guys they're not doing that, and that's that's and it's hard. Yeah, and it, you know the Mavericks just aren't equipped for it, unfortunately. Like you, they don't have, you know, good like Reggie Bullock's not a guy that's going to drive inside and and you know is really kind of an attack the basket guy. Tim Hardaway used to be right in his Atlanta and New York days, but now I, I you know I, he's just a, a streaky three point shooter, and we've seen when he's hot how well the Mavericks play and. We've seen the nights he's off, you know, generally the Mavericks lose, right? And really the only guys that we see on this team that really take it to the basket other than than Hardy. And to your point, you know, Josh Green, especially in transition, does a great job. But it's Luca, Kyrie, and Christian Wood, right? Other than that, I mean, you really, this team lacks, you know, a sense of athleticism as well where they have those guys that can really put the pressure on the defense in the paint. Yeah, and, and there's something there with Christian Wood because uh, – you could tell his confidence is gone. Um, oh, 100%. The, the way that kid played with his minutes and um, really – because right before the All-Star break or right before the Kyrie trade, um, Christian Wood was balling. Like when they mm-hmm. when they got when he got inserted into the starting lineup, he was averaging like 20 and 10 and two and a half blocks um, for a handful of games. And then the, the injury and then the Kyrie trade – really derailed his momentum and his confidence because pre all-star he was averaging, obviously this takes into account his big run, but just overall um, pre all-star 48 games, 17.8 points per game, um, eight rebounds per game. Uh, he was shooting 52.8% from the floor and he was shooting 37.8 from um, three point land. 
and that was in 28 minutes a game. And then post All Star, eight minutes. I mean, <laughs> post All Star, eight games, uh, 13 points a game. Uh, he's grabbing 5.3 rebounds, so the effort is lower. Um, and then also the um, the blocks, um, 0. 0.6. Uh, opposed to the 1.2 pre All Star, and 47.4 from the floor shooting, and 25 percent from the three point. That's in 20 minutes per game. Seven min- eight minutes less, so the stats will go down. But just you could tell his shooting is low, and uh, just his rebounding, his effort, and you can see it in the games too. Um, his effort uh, defensively, especially because we were all applauding. Mm-hmm. Um, the leaps and bounds he made defensively, uh, but then now he goes back to what we saw in Houston, you know, because he, he 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 doesn't have a role, um, a defined role. Is he the starter? Is he the sixth man? Or is he just a bench um, guy? And he has the ability to be a starter, but he, his his rotation is just getting messed with his game. Yeah, and, and it, it's very similar to what Jason Kidd did to Josh Green, right? We saw Josh oh, Green's yeah. confidence get shot when he put in Justin Holiday for some reason in the starting lineup after That's he hit five point. threes one game, you know. And it's it, you can, like it's just you know I understand. Look from a from a basketball perspective, I understand whatever the reasoning is. If you think Christian Wood's not a good defender, which look he's not the greatest, and he's not you know he's certainly not good, right? But he's he's average, yeah. right? He's an average defender. Um, he might be the best big defender on this team outside of Maxi Kleba, right? I mean, and that's again, you take what you take what you can get, right? The guy, you know, you're talking about a six nine, six ten forward that you know can play center, can block shots. He's got length. Um, you play him next to a physical guy like Maxi, like th- that kid hasn't like trotted out that lineup, but for you know what, twenty minutes this season or something, like you know, he keeps going back to Dwight Powell. Um, and we've we've talked a lot about you know Dwight Powell's struggles and, and his you know lack of ability down down low and Christian Wood gives you offense he gives you energy he gives you playmaking he gives you ball handling like you know if you want to if you want to call him a bench player you want to call him a sixth man fine give him that definition but then play him like one like don't toy with his like you said Landon don't toy with hey you're going to be the sixth man. Sixth or seventh man today, we're going to play you 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Well, next game, we're going to give you 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, now you get 17. Like, he's not a 10th man on a rotation, right? This isn't the days of when he was in Detroit or in Philly or anything like that. Like, this is – you traded, you know, yes, four bench pieces, but you traded a first-round pick for this guy also. You know, like, let's not forget that. Yeah. Like that you know, that's another piece that, you know, could have gone somewhere. Maps could have drafted somebody. But you you went out and specifically got this guy for a reason. And it seems like since day one, it just has not clicked with Jason Kidd. Um, and, and for whatever reason that is, but, you know, again, that's coaching. Like, these, this is the pieces that you have. You need to make it work. Like, you, 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 you utilize the pieces you have at hand. You look at what your best lineup is, what your best rotation is. We've seen so many times in the fourth quarter, going back to your point, Landon, about the Mavs blown leads, where Christian Wood's like 17 points on 7 of 11 shooting with six minutes left in the fourth quarter and doesn't play another – second in the game and the Mavs lose by five. If Christian Wood had played that played two two or three more minutes in that game, who who's to say the Mavericks don't win half of those games? Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just it's it's completely mind blowing, you know, what Jason Kidd's doing with with this roster and, and with these guys. And 
um, especially with Christian Wood. I mean, it's, it's hard to see because he's a very likable guy. He, he played, you know, you can tell that he was playing hard. You saw the joy he had playing with Luca. You can tell Luca likes playing with him too, which ultimately is what you want is to keep your superstar happy. And, and yet Jason Kidd, you know, is completely just toying with him. And it's, it's, it's hard to see. It's hard to watch. Yeah. And they're, they're- and like you said, he just doesn't have that defined role. So he needs to he, he needs to given he needs to be given that role because um, if he's going to be the sixth man, you give him you know twenty five um, thirty minutes a game, or if he's going to be a bench guy, at least give him eighteen minutes a game every single game, so he knows where he's going to get his spots and, and minutes. Because especially when you have Luca and Kyrie out, you need some offense and. Mm-hmm. That's when you that's when you have that relationship, that communication, say, hey, OK, um, I know I said your role is six man, but Kyrie and Luke are out. So we need you to get up, uh, you know, um, 25 shots or 20 shots tonight and, and will us to uh, um, to a win. You know, you got to if you're going to put him in the six man role, you got to put play him like a six man when you're when your stars are out. The six men, that's just like Jordan Clarkson or Bobby Portis. When your stars are out, they come in and be starters and they give you um, buckets. And that's what you need to do with Christian Wood. And and let's get let's talk about the Dwight Powell thing, because um, Jason Kidd. I mean, yes, Powell has probably the best intangibles on the team, but his lack of talent doesn't overcome those intangibles because he's always in the right spots. He sets the best screens. He he puts the ball in the right um, spot when he gets the ball in a pick and roll and he passes to the corner. But other players on the team do things that Dwight Powell doesn't. And that's why they, uh, that's why opposing teams always attack Dwight Powell. And that's why, the Mavericks are always last in rebounding because he can't rebound. The last, um, the Mavericks are always at the bottom when it comes to um, protecting the rim um, uh, um, because he can't block shots. He's in the right spot, but he doesn't block shots. And then um, it, he doesn't score. He doesn't shoot. It, there's so many things that Christian Wood does. And I'm not just talking Christian Wood. Um, Maxi Kleber does. Um, he he defends. He he protects the rim um, at certain spots when you need him. He can shoot, and even even Javale McGee. He does the same exact things that Dwight Powell does, but he's longer. He's more athletic, and he can get you those easy, um, you know, easy lobs. And then he could block some shots. So I'm surprised that Jason Kidd hasn't went back to Dwight um, to Javale McGee because when Jason Kidd says Dwight Powell is the best big that they have. Then why did Nico Harrison at the end of the playoffs say we need to go get a big who can rebound or protect the rim? And they went to go get JaVel McGee and Christian Wood. Uh, JaVel McGee can protect the rim and rebound. Christian Wood can rebound and score. I mean, why did you? Why were those two your big acquisitions um, from a playoff run? And then why was Dwight Powell a DMP when? Um, JaVale McGee was starting and Christian Wood was the backup and uh, Maxi Kleber was the backup. So I don't get what he has with Dwight Powell. It's, it's, it's clearly not going to push the, the, the ceiling of this team, having him as a starter, especially when he's getting the low production that you see in the box store. 
Yeah, and and the infatuation with Dwight Powell is just I don't I don't understand it. I it's you know, and we've said this so many times. He's he's the guy that you know if you're in a pickup game, you know, tries really hard and does all the right things and sets the screens and tries to go for the rebound and just but just can't do it. You know, just you know, you know, you look at his stats. I mean, if I if I told any casual NBA fan that my starting center was averaging seven points a game and four rebounds. That, my starting center, that's that's 12th man numbers. Like that's, yeah. you know, like that's not a starting center on a championship, much less a playoff caliber team. Yeah, he would like be that, great like, as the Mavs third big man. Let me just say that. He would be great yeah. off the bench. Lynn, if he's playing 15 minutes a game off the bench with the second unit, fine. What, like, what Christian, great. what is that? <laughs> Yeah, like he'll he'll provide a spark. He'll catch a couple lobs. He'll average six points a game, like he's doing now. Like that's that should not be your starting center, you know. And 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 it it's just it doesn't make sense. And and that you can't even say that it's that it's roster construction because you've got Christian Wood, you've got Javale McGee. It's not like you don't have the the people that can fill that void. Like even if you have to play Javale McGee, I mean, kid, you're the one who said he was going to deserve. Whether he deserved a starting spot, so why not let him play a little bit more from day like one? I, day one, and you refuse to play him now when you need rim protection. You need somebody down low in the in the paint. You have him on your roster. Forget what we all said that. Oh my God, it's a terrible contract and and whatever. Yes, it was, but you know what? You you know you make do with the roster that you have. You wanted him. You got him. You promise him to start. Feels like he hasn't played a game since December. Yeah, and he right. Those couple of games that he did play right after the Kyrie trade, um, he he actually looked good. And then he just never played since. (laughs) He was playing well. Like I, it it doesn't the infatuation with Dwight Powell. You know, I I was hanging out with with a couple friends um, on Saturday when we were talking. You know, watching the first Memphis game, and I told him the stat that you told me that Dwight Powell is tenth all time. Yeah. Um, in games played for the Mavericks. And everyone is like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, that's not a real stat. Yeah. And it, it, like, it, as a Mavs fan, like, it's so hard to believe because I could name like 20 to 30 to probably, I don't even know how many players that are better than Dwight Powell that have played for this franchise. And the fact that he's 10th all time in games played, it just, it blows my mind. And he was a throw in in the Rondo deal. Like, it, it, it the guy has no merit to, to being a, and I'm, he's a good guy. Like he plays hard. Luca likes him. The front office likes him. It's all great. Put him on the bench. Like let him come off the bench and play ten to fifteen minutes a game. That's fine. He's a serviceable big off the bench against second stringers. But you put him in the starting lineup. He can't rebound. He can't shoot. He can't defend down low. Um, he makes some boneheaded plays sometimes where he tries to go for a rebound too early and he misses it or gets hit in the you know head. misses. Gets hit in the head every day, every game, man. It's like he's hitting the head, and it's just he it makes a bad pass, you know, drops, you know, drops a pass intended for him. I, it's just I'm over it. I'm over the Dwight Powell thing. If they don't bring him back at the, after this year, like I'm fine with it too. I mean, he's in the last couple months of his contract here. You want to bring him back on a minimum deal? Great, you know, have him be a deal Pinson for you and play him, you know, a couple, a couple games here and there, but. Uh, if this if he's the starting center again next year for the Mavericks, they've got a big problem. Yeah, and th- and that's what it boils down to this episode. Jason, who's playing him? Jason Kidd. So, Sean of us, the final words. Um, I mean, obviously, we're going to be talking about this for the rest of the season, especially how the Mavs end up in the standings. But uh, just for the final words, 
What's your thoughts on this three-game road trip that they have coming up, starting tonight against the Spurs? This this could be a make it or break it um, for the Mavs season. But what's what's your final words on what you would like to see and just where you're at with uh, this three-game road trip with the Spurs, Lakers, and the Memphis Grizzlies? Two out of three. Mm. That's it. You got to win two out of three, and I think I think those two have to be the Lakers and the Grizzlies. You, those are those are your you know, the two teams in, in the Western Conference that are also, you know, fighting for, especially the Lakers, right, fighting for a playoff spot. You know, the, the Grizzlies are, are way far ahead of the Mavs at this point. So there's, you know, they're they're just trying to jockey for second or third. Uh, but, you know, the Lakers are right on the Mavericks' heels. You know, they're only half a game behind, behind Dallas. Dallas has a real chance here after this this three, you know, this three-game, um, sorry, this three-game road trip. You know, Dallas has a big opportunity to either move up in the standings oh, and get out of the plan. The Lakers are actually tied. With the, are they tied they, now? They won last night. They, oh, my God. Okay. So, there you go. So, now. They're both 30, 34 and 35. Okay. So, for Dallas, I mean, this is either you you make it out of the plan, you know, and, and by out, I mean you, you secure a six or five, you know, five or six seed. Or you're out of the playoffs. I mean, this this stretch is going to really define um, what happens the rest of the year because you know it, it, those are the two teams. The Mavericks scheduled down the stretch. I mean, there's a couple tough games thrown in there, but you know you got to beat playoff teams in the in the Western Conference. You know, in these you know especially the Lakers, where you know like you said, Landon tied. You know, they're they're fighting for that play in spot and, and the six seed as well to get out of that. But for the Mavericks, you got to you got to beat the Lakers. You got to beat the Grizzlies. Yeah, it, I, I say they got to win the the next three. They got to win, shoot, the next five. Because not not yeah. only did the Lakers win last night, the Thunder won last night, and they have the same record as the Mavericks. The, the Oklahoma City Thunder has the same record as the Dallas Mavericks at 34 and 35. So the Mavericks right now are the ninth seed in the Western Conference. And they have this, and the Lakers are the tenth seed, so it, they got to win now. <laughs> Emphasis now tonight. Yeah, it's the Spurs, but remember the last game they played the Spurs. I mean, Luca had to play like a MVP just mm-hmm. to win that game for the Mavericks. Obviously, he's not playing tonight, but Kyrie, <laughs> if he does play, because he's questionable. Tim Hardaway is questionable. Christian Woods questionable. It's it's getting rough here, and this season is where you finally see what kid is about coaching wise. Because last season their defense was good, and um, you didn't have to. And they made their shots in the second half of the season, and Brunson balled out the second half of the season. You didn't have to worry about blown leads, and now you're seeing how Jason Kidd really coaches, and or the lack of coaching, and. He has the player relationship. He has the trust of the front office. They're like family. The the, the brain trust, him, Cuban, Finley, Nico, Dirk, you know, but you have to start winning these games. And that's where I said he needed an X and O. We all said it. He needed X and O's assistant coaches. Igor, you know, he was great, but you need someone like that where you have experience mm-hmm. coaching as your assistant guys, because right now Sweeney and, and St. Jean and, and these guys, they need to step up because I'm not, 
really seen the improvements over the season. Yeah, losing Igor was huge. I know we talked about that earlier in the year. I think that was a big, big loss for the Mavericks. But yeah, Landon, I mean, Mavericks, you're right. I mean, if they win all three, that, that's great. But I mean, you've got, you know, all these teams nipping at the bud, you know, right behind them. You know, the Thunder are right there. The Jazz are right there. The Pelicans are right there. The Blazers aren't too far behind. I mean, you know, you've got, you know, what, four or five teams, you know, all that potentially could be that in that 10th seed um, in the in, in the play-in tournament. So, I mean, the Mavericks really have to – Mavericks have to step it up, man. I mean, it's 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 going to be tough, you know, with the way things have been going. But, you know, we we, we one, one winning streak – to close out this year and, and you're firmly in, in the sixth, you know, the fifth or sixth seat. I mean, that's really all, all the Mavericks need right now is to just get, get a little separation, you know, get into, get into a spot where you're not fighting in a one game play in, you know, in one game playoff, you know, give yourself a series with Luca and Kyrie. Um, that's going to be their best bet going forward. Yeah. Cause they're 12 and 21. So they don't want any road play in games at all. Um, no, not so at all. The moral of the story in this episode is play better, get healthy, and Jason Kidd coach better. Goodbye, everyone.